what a journey we have been on together. It has been our great desire to take you deeper into God's word in order to grow you stronger in your faith. I hope that we have accomplished that goal. But we come to the recap of where we have been, what we have discovered together. A common rule of public speaking says that you have three steps in any speech or sermon or whatever you are doing as far as public speaking. You tell the hearer what you're going to say, you say it, and then you tell them what you've just said. <laughs> well, in this session, we come to rule number three. Uh, we told you at the very beginning of these sessions quite some time ago uh, what we were going to say. We have spent 48 sessions saying it, and now we come to the conclusion of our study in First Peter by sharing with you what we have just said. Now remember, Peter is seeking to offer these suffering saints hope in the midst of their suffering by pointing them to the one who has suffered for them and all that his suffering has made available to them, namely salvation here, heaven hereafter. And we all need hope. Those precious saints in the first century world under tremendous persecution, they needed hope. And those of us who live today desperately need the same hope. It has been said man can live 40 days without food, four days without water, four minutes without air, but only four seconds without hope. We all need hope. And as we have defined multiple times throughout our study, hope is the bedrock guarantee of a future inheritance, that's heaven, rooted in a past event. That is the cross, which takes us back to our principal theme throughout this particular study, that Peter is offering these precious saints hope in the midst of their suffering by pointing them to the one who suffered for them and all that his suffering made available to them. Salvation here, heaven here. After. And so I want us just to take some time to recap what we have looked at. We've been reminded over and over and over again that our hope is not rooted in the here. Our hope is rooted in the hereafter. And for that reason, you and I are not to live for the here. We are to live for the hereafter. Let's go back to 1 Peter chapter 1, that powerful passage we find beginning in chapter 1, verse 3, that sums up everything that we have been looking at. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. That captures, in a nutshell, the theme that we have shared with you throughout this session. The living hope that's the bedrock guarantee of a future inheritance rooted in a past event. Why is it a living hope? Because the one in whom we have put our hope is not dead, he is very much alive. 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Several decades ago, yes, I am an old man. So several decades ago, I had a college professor who said to me, Wayne, you are so heavenly interested, you'll never be of any earthly value. And yet, as we have walked through 1 Peter together, we have discovered that statement could not be further from the truth. In fact, the Word of God teaches just the opposite. The more focused we become on heaven and our heavenly inheritance, the more effective we become or we will be on the earth here and now. Why? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. So let's look at what we have learned together. We have discovered throughout our study that our behavior is dictated by our heavenly interest. All the way back to the very first verse where Peter begins this precious epistle, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens. I shared with you when we first began this journey together that that word alien, stranger, sojourner, is both a word of encouragement and a word of challenge. It's a word of encouragement because he is reminding this precious saints this world is not their home. They are strangers. They are aliens. They are simply passing through. Why? As Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 tells us, for our citizenship is in heaven. We do not live for the here. We live in the here, but we do not live for the here. We live for the hereafter. So our focus is not on our earthly residence. Our focus is on our heavenly citizenship. We find in Hebrews these precious words in the 11th chapter of Hebrews, verses 8, 9, and 10. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived as an alien, same word, he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. And here is a wonderful verse, verse 10. For he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Even Old Testament Abraham, was considered an alien, a stranger, a sojourner, even in the land of promise. Why? Because he was not made to live for here. He was made to live for the hereafter. And that is why Hebrews chapter 11, verse 10 tells us, for he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. So our behavior is dictated by our heavenly inheritance. In chapter 1 of 1 Peter, verses 14 and 15, we find that reality stated. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lust which were yours in your ignorance. That's our behavior. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your 
behavior. And in chapter two of 1 Peter, the 11th and 12th verse, Peter comes back to it again. He says, beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lust, which wage war against the soul, but keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. That reminds us that word of alien is not only a word of hope, not a word of encouragement, but it's also a word of challenge. How do we identify somebody that is not from here? They walk different, they talk different, they act different, they have different priorities, different customs, different mannerisms. That should be true of every child of God. We ought to be different. The world around us, as Peter said, ought to see that difference because we are not living our lives for the here. We're living our lives with heaven in our hearts and minds. So our behavior is dictated by our heavenly interest. Peter reminds us that our, our relationships are impacted by our heavenly interest. In chapter 3 alone, he covers a multiplicity of relationships, wives to husbands, husbands to wives, parents to children, children to parents, employers to employees, employees to employers, citizens to government, and even brothers to brothers in chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, to sum up, in other words, I've discussed all of these relationships. Let me bring it all together under one umbrella. To sum up, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. For you were called for this very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. So our heavenly interest impacts our earthly relationships. Even our relationship with suffering itself. Back to 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. Uh, we talked some sessions ago that the word there is pyros moist, from which we get the word pyromania, pyromaniac, pyrotechnics, fiery trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So even our relationship with suffering has been transformed by our heavenly interest. We know that the suffering here is simply molding us, making us, reshaping us for life hereafter. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. Peter goes on to say, For this finds favor if for the sake of conscience toward God a person bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. For what credit is there when, if when you sin? and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience. But if when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. When we handle the sufferings of life with heaven in mind, not only do we please God, but he finds we find favor with God. And then in 1 Peter chapter 3, 
Again, tracing this same thread. Who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And then he goes on to exhort these suffering saints, and do not fear their intimidation, and do not be troubled, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope, the bedrock guarantee you have of a future inheritance rooted in the past event, the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. Do not do it with pride. Do not do it with arrogance. Do not do it with boastfulness, but with gentleness and reverence. Share the hope that is within you. So this heavenly interest affects our earthly experience because our behavior is dictated by our heavenly interest. So our relationships are impacted by our heavenly interest. Our relationship with suffering itself is impacted by our heavenly interest. And finally and foremost, our relationship with God himself is impacted or dictated by our heavenly interest. We captured that in our last session when we looked at chapter 5, verse 10. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, God himself gets invested and involved in our sanctification. He himself will perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. We are not made for here. We are made for the hereafter. Here is temporal. Hereafter is eternal. And so we live every moment of every day with the end in mind. Through the ups and the downs, the happy and the sad, the sunshine and the storms, the precious and the painful, the just and the unjust. Why do we do those things? All the way back to chapter 1, verse 3. We have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for us. So, as the Apostle Paul says, not that we have already attained or are already perfected, but we press on toward the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Beloved, we are to live every moment of every day with heaven in our hearts and leaving on our minds. I'm reminded of the story of a little girl who'd been invited to her very first sleepover. She was so excited. It was going to be the first time that she was away from home at night, not sleeping in her own bed. And she was having a great time until the evening got a little later and bedtime rolled around and she walked over and she was looking out the window and the hostess asked her, sweetheart, are you homesick? And she said, no, ma'am, I'm here sick. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that so often summarizes daily life for me. I'm sick of here, and I'm ready to go home. But as long as I am here, 
I will live for home. What about you? Thanks for taking this journey with us. On behalf of Jacob Kritzman, Larry Kelly, and the rest of our Word Power team, let me thank you for joining us today. It is our passionate purpose to go deeper and stay longer in God's Word so that you might grow stronger and stand taller for your faith. That is why we exist. That is why this ministry exists. And we're glad you have joined us. If we've been an encouragement to you, please reach out to us. You can reach us at wordpowermm at gmx.com. Wordpowermm at gmx.com. Or you can simply put a comment in, whether you're watching YouTube, Instagram, or on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you to know how we have been an encouragement to you. Before uh, we leave, let me remind you the truth of God's Word. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>